to episode 60 of the Movie Brad's Cop Podcast. I am Carter, and joining me, as always, is Jonathan. How are you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing well, and we're going to look at the films we're most looking forward to in 2022. 2022! I know. We're already in February, <laughs> and I've I've only seen two films from this year. You haven't seen any from 2022 nope, yet. Have I have you? not seen any movie that has been released this year. So I'm I'm like a newborn babe ready to <laughs> emerge and be in the world of 2022 cinema. You have prepared a list of your top 10 most anticipated movies of this year. We will be going down from 10 to 1. I will be commenting on your picks. And at the end, uh, we will just sort of throw out some other ones that we're looking forward to. Uh, some that do not have release dates yet, some that do have release dates, which will probably be changed before they come out. I know the latest one that's been a victim of that are the Mission Impossible movies, which were spoke at least one of them was supposed to come out this year. And now it's 2023 and 2024. And uh, I know a decent amount of the ones I was looking at are stuff that uh, were, you know, scheduled to have come out you know, in previous years but are are only now coming out now that's not necessarily true for for all of them i think i think this year or 2021 that, that was something that was much much more common of movies being right. released that had been delayed from 2020 but are you ready to kick us off with number 10 jonathan yes let me just say that all of the ones that i have in my top 10 are at least in post-production mm-hmm. so it seems likely that all these films will at least premiere at a film festival, if not open theatrically in the U.S. sometime by the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number 10 is one that should have come out last year, but Netflix is not seemingly happy with it. Ah. And that is Blonde, a uh, new film by Andrew Dominic. Mm-hmm. It's uh, written and directed by him. It's based on a novel by Joyce Carol Oates, and it is a biopic of sorts starring Ana de Armas as Marilyn Monroe. And I it's sort of like knowingly was, fictional, right? It's, I think that I'm not even 100% sure they call her <laughs> Marilyn Monroe in the film, but it's oh, really? like obviously supposed to be her. I think it is. Like I gave my mom the novel uh-huh. and Marilyn Monroe's actual pictures on the front. So okay. I, you know, but the thing is Netflix, I think, made the film thinking that it was going to be like My Week with Marilyn, that one with Michelle Williams and Kenneth Branagh. Uh, but it's supposedly going to get rated NC-17 and uh, that it's a really harsh movie, that there's some really graphic sexual content and that it's a really harsh movie. But the director, uh, some of his other films include The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, and killing them softly and i am very intrigued by this film because mm-hmm. of the controversy around it it's been completed i think for a while like yeah. i think if it weren't for netflix's hesitation about it that it would have premiered at least at a film festival the fall of last year but i hope what will happen is that it will just premiere somewhere like can or another film festival and critics will go gaga for it and yeah. Netflix will be like, oh, well, I guess we like the movie now because the critics like it, even if it's going to get rated NC-17. As it stands, I think like it's it's going to come out, but they're not going to promote it. They're not going to like support it. They're not going to give him the, you know, <laughs> the tour of the media tour to promote it. So they're just going to sort of like put it out there and, you know, not have it on the front page because they've already paid so much for it. So like, why the hell not just release it? But it's one of those ones where like the director's really stood by his guns and he's like, I'm not going to cut this movie. Like it is what it is. So uh, it is exciting to see that like <laughs> the real Andrew Dominic version is going to come out. And it's going to be I pretty just, intense. I want to mention some of the other actors that are in it. Uh, Juliana Nicholson, Bobby Calavani, Adrian Brody. Yeah. Um, I think Bobby Cannavale is supposed to play like the, the fictional Joe DiMaggio. Okay. Um, um, are, are you a fan of Jesse James, that film? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Has, he, has he really only made two movies since that? Killing no, him softly no he's and... made Chopper. Okay. Uh, was, uh, and he did a documentary, a music documentary, but he's not done too many films. I mean, he's done, you know, I think Chopper came out in 2000, so he hasn't done that many films, but he's uh, certainly, I mean, 
because of Jesse James, you know, high on the list of like really interesting directors. Um, also, uh, more recently, he's directed uh, two of the episodes of Mindhunter. Oh, yeah. Um, Big fan yeah. of Mindhunter. Yeah. But so he, Blonde doesn't have a release date yet. No. And I should just add, it's interesting. Uh, I mentioned he had a documentary uh, with Nick Cave called One More Time with Feeling. And he has another documentary with him that's also in post-production. So it looks like we may have two Andrew Dominic films this year. How about that? Number nine, Jonathan. A number nine uh, previous episode, we reviewed a film by this director, uh, the stop motion Pinocchio that uh-huh. Guillermo del Toro is a co-writer and director Isn't this also on. Netflix? Yes. Uh, voice cast includes Cape Blanchett, Ewan McGregor, Christoph Waltz, Tilda Swinton, Ron Perlman, uh, John Turturro, Tim Blake Nelson. So three actors, uh, in that list of people that were in his previous film, Nightmare Alley. Mm-hmm. And uh, Del Toro has talked in many interviews about how the two major fictional characters in his life have been Frankenstein and Pinocchio. And he sees there's a comparison that they're these creatures that have been thrust into the world and have to realize what it means to be a real person, mm-hmm. to be a human being. And his version is going to be set uh, during the rise of Mussolini and it's going to be kind of a twist on it and it's like everyone else is acting like a puppet but the puppet wants to be a real person huh <laughs> so it should be a really unique and distinct film it's, does that have uh, a release date yet no but I th- I think it actually may be still shooting but it's scheduled I think to come out like a teaser trailer came out fairly recently for mm. it with a weird Jiminy Cricket I've heard I have avoided <laughs> watching it the trailer but uh it's just titled as of right now Pinocchio and um it's also has a co-director uh whose name is Mark Guffiston Guffiston well I guess I is, is handling the technical stop-motion aspects that Guillermo right. del Toro is unfamiliar with one of my favorite films growing up that I watched, I've probably, I don't think I've seen the film in 15 years or more, but I watched the forties version of Pinocchio, the Disney animated film over mm-hmm. and over and over as a kid. So um, I think I'll rewatch that. I think that film is truly one of the great animated films of all time. One of the greatest, it's a masterpiece, one of Disney's greatest achievements. So um, it's really interesting too, that there is a live action Disney uh, Pinocchio coming out soon. And there was a Pinocchio film that came out just a few years ago that Roberto Benigni starred in as Geppetto when he had done a version where he played Pinocchio and he directed it. So there's so many Pinocchios going around. Just everyone's just feeling Pinocchio fever. I know. There was this, (laughs) there was a hot second where Paul Thomas Anderson was in talks to direct a live action Disney Pinocchio, but I think he was wise enough to know that they would not let him alone and just imagine the disney boardrooming they're like pinocchio is so hot right now we gotta get one out we gotta get on pinocchio <laughs> picture like geppetto snorting coke throwing firecrackers you know yeah. <laughs> all right so, so that's that's nine yeah now i'm cheating a little bit because i've actually already seen this movie one of the two films i've seen that have been released number eight for me is rifkin's festival but mm-hmm. i made this list at the very beginning of the year was it was it and, worth the anticipation yeah i mean Woody Allen has a new film. It's in the top 10 I'm most excited for. That's all I need to know is Woody Allen. I'm still a huge he's, fan he's, of his. He's not with Amazon anymore, right? No. Okay. Uh, but was film... this sh- shot when he was still under the Amazon umbrella? So it, what happened was the movie, this, yeah, no, this was after all that. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was can't, you know, it was after he had, uh, the deal had fallen through with Amazon, mm-hmm. but it was shot at the San Sebastian Film Festival wow. uh, at the w- beautiful, shot, beautiful place. <laughs> right. In 2019, because it's set there. And then the film premiered there the next year in September of 2020. Wow. And got dumped on January 28th in the United States uh, in select theaters. and 16 on, months after it premiered at a film festival. I know. And got, uh, it's also streaming now. You can rent it on various streaming platforms. This film stars Wallace Shawn, Gina Gershon, Louis Garrell, Christoph Waltz, and uh, 
people like Steve Gutenberg and Richard Kind show up in it. <laughs> and um, I mean, I, I feel like I shouldn't really review it because these were the ones were most anticipated. <laughs> yeah. But I'll just say that I liked it. I give it a thumbs up. I really enjoyed it. Uh, critics be damned. Merits a place um, on this list. <clears throat> um, I mean, am I going to say is the thing is, it's like this isn't the, the, the 10 films were anticipating will be on our top 10 favorite films of the year it's yeah. just the ones we're most looking forward to and to me yeah any woody, woody allen one film. yeah yeah and uh i i quite enjoy, i quite enjoyed it so it's certainly you know uh without question is he yours. gonna have another come out next year he has a film that he's ready to shoot pandemic pending he mm-hmm. says uh he was actually on the leonard malton podcast uh this past friday uh, the day the film premiered in the U.S. And he said that uh, hopefully they can shoot it sometime this year, maybe this summer. Uh, no cast is attached to it. Um, but it seems ho- hopeful that we'll have another Woody Allen film come out in 2023. Get back on track to having a movie every year like he used right. to. It depends on how you count, but uh, he's pretty much had a film a year since 1969. And yeah. Rifkin's Festival is... Uh, around his 50th film and i've seen all of them and now i've seen 15 of his films in a theater in their original release uh and this in that's uh the most i've ever seen by a director that way <laughs> no kidding <laughs> I mean, yeah. it'd be hard to top. yeah uh clint eastwood's second i think i've seen like 12 or 13 of his these people just have the merit of having a movie come out every year <laughs> so they yeah. have a, a big advantage on the terrence malick's of the world so my number seven is showing up. It oh, is, I don't know this. This is Kelly Rydark's new film. Ah. The uh, writer, director of my favorite film of, released in the U.S. in 2020, First Cow. Also did films such as Wendy and Lucy and Certain Women. And this is as uh, the star of some of those pr- previous films I just mentioned. It's, this is her fourth collaboration with Michelle Williams. And the basic premise is that it is basically about a woman who is doing some kind of art show and she is coming into contact with people that have been in her life. Like I can just quote IMDb, a vibrant and sharply funny portrait of an artist on the verge of a career changing exhibition. As she navigates family, friends and colleagues in the lead up to her show, the chaos of life becomes the inspiration for great art. Uh, that sounds vaguely also, Woody Allen-ish. And the, um, the, the yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say her films are like Woody Allen in that, but the uh, the other cast members include Amanda Plummer, uh, Judd Hirsch oh. from Taxi and Uncut Gems more recently. Andre Running Benjamin's on empty. In it. Andre <laughs> Benjamin's in it. Also known as Andre 3000. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but one of the main lead actors from First Cal, uh, John Magaro, I think. Oh, Magaro, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, in the film. And uh, yeah, I mean, to me, it's Kelly Riddock has a new film. I think she's the best working woman director. I'm excited to see it. That's all I need to know. She has a new film. And I think Michelle Williams is like one of the best actresses uh, of her generation. When she's not in Venom movies. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's like, it's like her, Amy Adams is like really, really consistently in good movies, except, well, I shouldn't say except. <laughs> Batman v Superman. <laughs> yeah, I know, but um, yeah, Michelle Williams, uh, I'm a big fan of hers. So showing up, certainly I'm excited for it. Does that have a release date? No, but it's in post-production, so I think it's quite likely it could premiere at one of the major film festivals. So, six. <clears throat> yeah, six is 3,000 Years of Longing. Ah, George Miller, right? Yeah, George Miller, uh, his first film since Mad Max Fury Road, which, which is my favorite seven film. Seven years ago now? 2015. Yeah. And uh, this is a romantic drama fantasy film starring Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. I don't really know much more about it than that, but, <laughs> but it's a very uh, interesting three people. <laughs> I know. I mean, it, it's just, an, it, that's another one where it's like George Miller has a new film. I'm there. And but I he's also Tilda like Swinton. surprisingly um, versatile in his movies. Cause obviously Eclectic. the Mad Max movies are, you know, his most famous, but he also like 
you know, created Babe. And right. <laughs> did he produced, produced, yeah. yeah, he produced and um, co-wrote the original Babe, directed the sequel, directed the Happy Feet films. Yeah. Dancing <laughs> Penguin movies. Yeah, and I actually just saw, along with Rifkin's Festival this past weekend, I saw The Witches of Eastwick for the first time in 35 millimeter. Oh, wow. Um, so I am that is a yeah. bonkers movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm 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 really intrigued to know what 3,000 years of longing will be like. I don't want to know more. Like I wish yeah. I I, I want to go into it not knowing like it's a fantasy film on IMDB. It's like one of the genres listed. Like I don't like I just want to see the movie going in as blind as possible. Like I don't want to watch the trailer for this one. Total Swinton is just like every interesting director is just casting Tilda Swinton now. I think she's probably oh. got like 10 movies coming out in the next couple of years. <laughs> I mean, it's insane the number of amazing directors she's worked with and often uh, multiple times. Yeah. And she works with like hardcore auteurs. Like, yes, she's been in multiple films by Wes Anderson, the Coen brothers, Jim Jarmusch, Bong Joon-ho, but she's also been in films by like Bella Tarr and mm-hmm. A Pitch of Pong where I set the cool. I mean, she's like a goddess, so... Um, she knows I, I do have this fantasy that like I think I would die it would be too awesome is if she was a villain in a Mad Max film ah that would be like imagine her with like a mohawk and like a, I, it, like I I that would just be that would be incredible cool. I know the other one I have this like make it even cooler is if what if her and Isabel Huppert were like evil sisters in a Mad Max <laughs> film. like I like it, like I would die it would be the coolest thing ever um now my number five is the only one i think on my list that actually that has, has a fixed release, release date, date. <laughs> and it i think could have come out last year but i think they waited for it to come out as um on april 22nd mm-hmm. robert edgar's third film the northman yes <laughs> uh trailer has been released um, looks incredible i have not watched it because i don't want to know anything more. It looks incredible. Uh, <laughs> cast includes Anya Taylor Joy, who was in his first film, The Witch. Yes. Uh, Willem Dafoe, who was in his second film, The Lighthouse. Also stars Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, both the actors who played the parents in The Witch, and yes. Bjork. Bjork. Be still my. Wonder beast. if she will sing. Uh, she's a witch in it. <laughs> Uh, but so he's I, Robert Eggers continuing with the historical sort of slightly supernatural esque, it seems, at least from the trailer. Um, but very, very, very excited for this one and much more large scale than his yes. first two films. Yes. Um, and I am a big fan. I mean, I think The Witch is like the first two the- are like very, like really contained. The first one is like basically just the you know, the farmhouse basically, right? And just the family. Or right, and the lighthouse the is even more. It's literally just two people, yeah. Yeah, and a seagull, yeah. I think <laughs> that, um, I think he's, you know, one of the really interesting auteurs working yeah. today. I mean, he's only done two features so far, but he's so distinctive and uncompromising in his vision. Um, yes. I hope that uh, the film is as awesome as I'm expecting it to be. I expect this to be the first viking movie that is like besides uh valhalla rising which isn't an american movie but like the first american viking movie to be like really weird and like really explore the sort and of graphic, Scandinavian, yes in the yeah. sort of mythology and the sort of supernatural beliefs and witches and stuff like that this is this is very exciting that this is coming right. out this year <laughs> so this is the first one maybe you mentioned that would have been really high on mine um, right Especially because so many of the ones you've mentioned so far just don't even have release dates. And no, but they three thousand years of longing like doesn't even have like it's anything. in post production though. I know, but there's not even like a summary, right? I well, I don't even want to read it if it is. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, are this... this one? It's got a trailer. We know a lot about it. Right, April twenty second. Um, the my number four is the one that ha- has the least amount of knowledge uh, because there's not even a cast list. But it's in post production. Which one is that? The zone of interest. Who who is making that? Okay, so um, at the end of the semester last year, I showed Under the Skin, which is I think one of like the five best films of the previous decade. Jonathan Glazer, right? Yeah, 
He's only done three films since 2000. His first film, Sexy Beast. His second film was Birth and then Under the Skin. He's done a Holocaust film based on a novel by Martin Amis, or A-M-I-S, Amis. <laughs> and it has no cast list. And I was looking up him on the internet after I rewatched Under the Skin and reminded myself of how amazing it was. I was like, oh, I heard he was doing this Holocaust film. Oh, it's in post-production. So there's uh, not like really anything known about it hardly besides mm-hmm. that it's based on this novel, but Under the Skin was based on a novel and it was very loosely based on it. So yeah. um, I am extremely excited because uh, of the three films that he's done so far, he really is uh, an intriguing filmmaker. He's uh, like the opposite like of Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah well he's i mean it's like uh it's interesting how some of my favorite directors have like a film every year or two and then some are like four every 20 i know uh (laughs) but the zone of interest is at least what the title is now it's the name sounds like uh isn't that what the place is called in stalker well it's called the zone zone. okay what's interesting (laughs) that i the only thing i read about it uh this was a few years ago was that there's something about the the film was going to be about how people stand by when well, stuff like the Holocaust atrocities happens. happen right and so um probably that's will not be the most sounds deep and dark yeah <laughs> but uh have you seen any of his three films yes i have seen under the skin and i have not seen all of sexy beasts but um ben kingsley's performance in that is like the stuff of youtube legend so if yeah. you just want to like enjoy some outrageous acting, just type in Ben Kingsley's "Sexy Beast." Um, yeah, it's but real, I, I hear it's really watched. good. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> you should watch the whole thing. Uh, Birth is not a perfect film; it's kind of like a Twilight Zone episode. Uh, but it's Nicole Kidman is like so good, and she it's one of those where like the if the lead performance wasn't as good as it is, the film would suffer even more. Yeah, but um, I'm I'm majorly intrigued about this film because of jonathan glazer having it also sounds like he can really jump from genre to genre because yeah sexy beast is like a gangster movie basically right right and then birth is this like existential like almost like you know it's like a twilight zone episode premise and then under the skin is this really trippy very it's like an even weirder version of the man who fell to earth well, it's funny too, because like Sexy Beast is like such a great, uh, such a well-written film and so dialogue rich and yeah. Under the Skin is like so sparse. No talking. <laughs> yeah. And when they do, you can barely understand what they're saying. So yeah. thick Scottish accents. Um, talking about Ben Kingsley, ah. my third favorite or the third uh, most excited film of 2022 is Terrence Malick's new film called The Way of the Wind. <laughs> Wasn't this is- on your list last year? <laughs> It's been on the list for a few years, I think. <laughs> Same as uh, A Hidden Life was on the list for like For a long time. That film, his last film that came out was so long in coming out that two of the lead actors died before yeah. it premiered. Um, but this is a film that is, it's in post-production. So it's been, sh- I mean, I think- I'm Is not this 100%. the one with Mark Rylance playing the devil? Yeah, it's it has Jesus parables of some kind. Okay. Uh, also stars Matteo Schoenarts, uh, and the King guy Jesus. from Son of Saul, right? <laughs> and um, I mean, I think you're like me. Terrence Malick has a new film. I'm excited. Oh yeah, that's it. It's that's just like we have no idea when it will actually come out. <laughs> it would be cool if it premiered at Cannes. And I think basically all of his movies since Thin Red Line have premiered at Cannes. Is that right? I think Song to Song premiered at South by Southwest. Okay, because uh, yeah. The, he he actually had an interview with Richard Linklater <laughs> and it's like the only interview that's like recorded <laughs> of him um but yeah I you know Terrence Malick for anyone who doesn't know Terrence Malick is is kind of famous for being hard to pin down you can like he never makes public appearances you, there's like 10 photos of him on the internet and one it's of them the is only... from a movie he appears in <laughs> right and like one of them yeah his IMDb photo is like his picture from uh from Badlands. They, they, yeah, yeah. And it's funny that there's um, like one of the few moving images of him, footage of him is when they caught Benicio Del Toro and him on TMZ. There's uh, a video of him and they didn't even realize who it was until they got back to the studio. It was like, oh, that's Terrence Malick. <laughs> right. It was just like one guy who recognized him. 
so the title so far is the way of the wind although he's had numerous films have the titles changed a hidden this, life is not this one out. i feel like it hasn't been as much in the news i remember when tree of life was in post-production for like four years we had updates like every month on like what was happening in tree of life this one has really come onto the radar but i mean someone who's so well respected from you know movie people that when this comes out it could definitely be a big deal yeah i mean he did have what i call his trilogy of white a-list movie stars twirling in a field <laughs> whispering existential narration with to the wonder knights of cup and song to song mm-hmm. i think those push some people's patience yes uh, but a hidden life was just like he reminds you that you know he's a director that is like at the top of his craft yeah almost unequaled at, right uh, and, and certainly an auteur his, you know. his stuff is like pure pure cinema um, right could be no other art form yeah um, my number two film will be this director's first feature film in eight years, one of my 10 favorite living directors and who I'm teaching a class on this semester is David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future. Oh, this is great his title. First, yeah, interestingly, the title of one of his hour long student films that he did in the late 60s or early 70s, although it's not a remake at all of that film. He's just Mm -hmm. incorporating that title. And it is his first sci-fi horror film since Existence, which came out in 1999. So he's going back to his body horror roots. It's a film starring Kristen Stewart, Leia Sadu, and Viggo Mortensen. And some of the icky little plot points I've heard is that it's set in a future where people no longer feel physical pain. And there are certain uh, performance artists that grow extra organs as part of their art. And also one (laughs) character- But this made me feel really weird. (laughs) Oh wait, this is even worse. This is even worse. There's a character that tattoos people's internal organs. So I'm I'm expecting this movie to be hardcore, icky, and weird. Uh, but Viggo Mortensen has been in three films of his this century, and yeah. it's the first film uh, with Kristen Stewart, um, Leia Sadu, great French actress, been in a lot of films last year. So I'm just immensely excited for David Cronenberg having a film come out, his first one in eight years. Last mm-hmm. one was Maps to the Stars, which I really liked and got very little seen that was julianne Um, moore was in that right one best actress at Cannes that year yeah it's funny she won best actress for still alice that year she should have won for maps of the stars um but crimes of the future very exciting (laughs) big fan have you seen what if what have you seen of cronenberg uh well history of violence uh what's the other one eastern promises eastern promises yeah and then I really don't know if I've seen any other ones. No, The Fly was always too scary. Uh, Even thinking about The Fly makes me want to throw up. (laughs) No, that's one I've I've always been curious to see. And I hear it's really, really good, but I haven't seen it. Well, Dead Ringers is harder uh, to watch than The Fly, though. Really? Yeah, Dead Ringers is like really like. Oh, there was, I just remember there was like a, I had one of those like, you know, 500 must-see movies books and it was split up by genre. And the fly was in, you know, the sci-fi fantasy one. And the picture they used for that is where he's like half transformed. And it was like the stuff of my nightmares that I just ripped the page out of the book. <laughs> it's like never looked at it again. If you should watch it though, it's a great film. I mean, I know, I mean, it's it's Gina Davis, right? And uh Jeff what's Goldblum. his name? Jeff Goldblum, yeah. And it's probably that's probably like his most mainstream movie, would you say? Right. And it's one of the best remakes ever. Yeah. It's a really good film. So maybe maybe in like 40 years when I have the courage, I'll, I'll end up watching well, the Well, you should watch uh, <laughs> one or two of his old school horror Did he do Scanners? Films. Yeah. Yeah, I just know the head exploding gif from Scanners. Right. <laughs> but yeah, well, you should watch some a few of his films before this one comes because out. Because History of Violence and Eastern Promises aren't really necessarily representative of the sort of rest of his filmography right but i will say i think that they are two of the best films he's ever done yeah i mean i this is weird because it's one of his most normal films but i honestly think eastern promises is the best film he's ever done yeah it's an amazing film it's definitely like the most conventional though right right but it does have themes of his you know talking about the body because of the tattoos i'm 
Viggo Mortensen's character. Yeah. And there's the idea of um there was there's one of the greatest fight scenes in film. Oh yeah. Where he's totally <laughs> naked in the sauna and it's like so visceral. Yes. It's like you you and the audience want to crawl into a tub full of ice after that. Scene. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's one that I have seen and really, really like. Um, right. So crimes of the future. Maybe in preparation for this one, I'll I'll take a deep dive into his his older stuff. He also did. Did he do Crash? Is that right? Not the one that won Best Picture. Yeah, the one one from the nineties about some very bizarre sex acts. (laughs) People being sexually aroused by car accidents. Yeah, yeah, but um, good wholesome family stuff. He like Almodovar, who we talked about in the previous episode, has never done a film that wasn't rated R or NC (laughs) seventeen. He didn't do a straight story or something like that. No, but uh, I mean, don't don't you like the idea of like seeing someone tattooing internal organs? Wouldn't you like to see that on screen? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I Maybe that's some that. one of the things that I didn't know I wanted until I actually see it. Then I'll be like, oh my god, how have I gone my whole life without seeing this? Well, our build up to the number one, and even though you didn't really make a list, this would them, be definitely my number one yeah by far the no i'm very excited for a number of films this year but by far and hopefully it will actually come out it's been done shooting for quite a while mm-hmm. is martin scorsese's killers of the flower moon his first western his first feature film starring his two longtime collaborators leonardo dicaprio and robert de niro mm-hmm. cast also includes jesse plemons brendan frazier John Lithgow, Barry Corbin, and Lily Gladstone. It's and two country on... singers, Jason Isbell and Sturgill Simpson. <laughs> yes. And it's based <laughs> on the uh, book by David Gran, G R A N N. And it is uh, based on True Story. And I, everything about this excites me. I mean, Scorsese, just that alone, but the fact that he's, you know, someone who loves cinema and all different genres you know, is doing a Western for the first time, you know, in his late seventies, the fact that it's De Niro and DiCaprio. <laughs> this is yeah. like the classic get the band back together movie. Scorsese directing, obviously. Thelma Schoonmaker editing, obviously. Robert, Robbie Robertson doing the music, but also Eric Roth doing the screenplay, Oscar winner for uh, Forrest Gump, but also the writer of Munich which and The Insider, which I'm both really big fans of. And then obviously the, the big news is DiCaprio and De Niro in the same movie um this is one of the ones where it's like if it wasn't a streaming service this movie probably would never get made because the oh, budget yeah. is 200 million dollars <laughs> well I remember I don't know if he was talking about Scorsese I think he probably was but I remember listening to an episode of the Roger Deakins podcast once and uh the guest was talking about there was uh a, a filmmaker that was highly regarded that the student he would hop around from studio to studio when he was making his films because they're like well who's going to lose money on his next film <laughs> like we, we, like they respect him so much that they would do it but you know it seems like yeah there's no way that like they would no this is make- just like the prestige attached to your brand you know being associated with martin scorsese is like the whole purpose of it i don't it's think they apple. expect to make money off it at yeah. all yeah it's, it's apple yeah but but i don't understand it's like i just feel like i'm an ancient one it's that like martin scorsese is doing a western starring these actors like how does that how does like that not result in making 500 million dollars worldwide like why i don't did, know why what's like what is wrong with adults not wanting to see that but wanting to see venom let there yeah. be carnage and minions too you know like what's what happened <laughs> i mean who knows maybe this will be like a runaway success i mean but what's uh, i don't know his, the, his highest deal? grossing movie has to be wolf of wall street right martin scorsese i think it it probably is so i so i'm sure that you know his team-ups with dicaprio are you know probably bigger at the box office than the ones that aren't so so we can only hope that another period piece (laughs) yes (laughs) uh but i just think i'm I'm just fascinated to like know what it's gonna be you know like there's still so much mystery about it because like dicaprio was originally supposed to play one character then sort of decided that he was too old and was put in a different role now jesse well, clemens is playing the character he was originally supposed to play well isn't it true that one of the characters is um 
J. Edgar Hoover and he played him in the Clint Eastwood film. Am I not? It, well, he's part oh, of I don't the know. plot at least. Because the premise, yeah, the premise on IMDb yeah. is members it's of early Osage, FBI. Yeah, members of the Osage tribe in the United States are murdered under mysterious circumstances in the 1920s, sparking a major FBI investigation involving J. Edgar Hoover. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, for how much, you know, $200 million, Martin Scorsese, De Niro, there is still a decent amount of mystery about this. I mean, there's been no trailer. I, we've seen a picture of DiCaprio in character which generated a lot of internet buzz because some people were like, oh, he's unrecognizable. And then other people were like, well, it still looks like Leonardo DiCaprio. So he's not that unrecognizable. But um, over under, how, how long do you think this is going to be? Do you think it's going to be over three hours? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like seven. <laughs> I mean, that will be an interesting debate about... It's just going to be know, like, get if... back. Well, I mean, it will... It, it, I... I couldn't even imagine it could be as uh, longer than the Irishman. I mean, I, I, I know, could, seriously. I mean, I think too, I, I, Netflix films will not play in AMC and Regal theaters, but I don't know what the deal is with Apple. Cause I don't think yeah. they have like Macbeth has played at AMC theaters. I know, mm -hmm. but I don't know how much they are unhappy with Apple or whether they're cool with them. Cause they like have a longer, window of you know how long the movie will play before mm -hmm. it premieres streaming because Macbeth you know opened uh in theaters and there wasn't streaming for, for at least yeah a like a month weeks. yeah right but I yeah I I just it's like of any I mean not just because it's the number one I'm most excited for I think of all the movies on my list it's the one I most would want to see on a really big screen in a theater definitely yeah I mean with like a lot of people in there too Right. I want to see the Terrence Malick film, always Terrence Malick on a big screen. You know, I want to see the David Cronenberg film with an audience. I want to see people vomit and faint. <laughs> but I, well, this movie should, I mean, in a weird way, I'm thinking it's going to be like kind of like Gangs in New York. So it's going to be like really graphic, I would think. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know, maybe it, is it going to show the killings or? Yeah, definitely. Well, <laughs> it's going to be pretty graphic, I think. You know what's going to happen, though? Even though he's, I actually have been following the Osage uh, Facebook page, mm -hmm. and like he's been super, super involved with actual Native Americans and talking to them through the production. But you know, there's going to be shitty people who are like, "Oh, why did this old white man direct a movie about Native Americans? It's not yeah. his story to tell." Uh, but I don't care. He, Scorsese, you know. He is one. He has he, done. I mean, more he has car blocks. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, and he's done more for international cinema, restoring films, spreading yeah. the word, getting international directors noticed than like anyone on earth. So, like, basically, yeah. Sit down, kids. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean Jesse Plemons was in the Irishman. He's like had a really incredible, you know, string of movies in the last few Power years. Power of the Dog, another western. Yeah, I'm thinking of ending things right and um game night well, he's actually really funny in that. <laughs> but um yeah i mean i there's nothing about this that doesn't excite me i you know i don't know oh yeah just, I, I mean I, this is like the stuff you like dream about i mean you're i mean you're not like me like i don't i'm not gonna watch the trailer when it comes out i just want to see the movie oh, i think i'll have I, to here's a, here's a question <laughs> are there any movies that you're really looking forward to this year that you like or saying, we'll resist like, I'm not, seeing the like, trailer like you really don't want like for me um there's certain directors like charlie kaufman like when i'm thinking of ending things like i did not want to watch the trailer for that because yeah. synecdoche new york my favorite film of the century so far it gives away like something major that hap doesn't re isn't revealed until like halfway through the movie hmm. like it like totally just gives it away in the trailer yeah and I think like, they've gotten smarter about marketing stuff, though, than they were 15 years ago. But, um, but I just... Uh, I understand your, your hesitance, definitely. Well, I mean, to me, it's part of it is just like, no matter what the reviews are, like, I'm going to see Killers of the Flower Moon. So, like, I don't need to see the trailer. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm excited already for it. I mean, there's some things I'll watch trailer for. Like, there's some things, like, I don't know that I could resist watch like it's not going to come out because it's not even started shooting yet but when the furiosa film comes out like i don't think i, I i'll have to watch the trailer like there's <laughs> yeah. no you know because the the mad max fury road trailer 
the 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 two trailers like they're better than most films from this <laughs> it century. gives you like the thrill and like feeling like you're in the world more than most theatrical i films. know yeah. <laughs> so uh can i just real quick go back to my 10 and you say like what are like the two or three that you're most excited for of my top 10 kind oh, of yeah. them off. okay 10 blonde andrew dominic nine pinocchio guillermo del toro eight rifkin's festival woody allen seven showing up kelly rydark six Three Thousand Years of Longing, George Miller. Five, The Northman, Robert Eggers. Four, The Zone of Interest, Jonathan Glazer. Three, The Way of the Wind, Terrence Malick. Two, Crimes of the Future, David Cronenberg. And one, Killers of the Flower Moon. So obviously, we're both in agreement. Number one. What other yeah. ones are you really excited for? Well, definitely the Malick one. But you know, who's to say if it will come out this year? So it's just sort of perpetually on the anticipated list um I'm, i mean i'm really curious to see blonde just because it's like is it really that like sensational and <laughs> insanely like graphic sexual like it's almost well, supposedly like a curiosity at this point because there's i mean so i don't know much talk I, don't about it. I don't remember the exact details but i remember like supposedly there's a scene where like she's on her period and she gets raped and there's like blood everywhere or something like that. holy shit <laughs> like or there's something like that you know <laughs> Okay. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely very intriguing. I mean, the, the George Miller one, 3000 years of longing. I mean, just the fact that like George Miller is making a new movie is, is very, very exciting. Um, so what are some other ones that are on your. So some list? other ones, some ones that have release dates, at least, you know, soft release date that, that I'm excited about are uh, the Boz Lerman Elvis biopic with Austin Butler, Tom Hanks, uh, Gary Clark Jr., some other people. That's going to come out June twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. Probably what best, your... probably best known right now for getting Tom Hanks COVID in March twenty twenty. <laughs> right. I was going to ask, what is your relationship, uh, your feelings about uh, Baz Luhrmann's films? What have you seen of his? I'm a huge fan of Moulin Rouge. Um, yeah, I was telling a friend that I saw that movie for the first time a few years ago in a theater for the first time. Never seen it. Oh yeah. And the first 10 minutes, I was like, I am going to hate this movie. I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, I it was settles down a bit. <laughs> but then like it just totally won me over. And I love the movie. And I yeah. it's one of the like top movies I've ever seen that I completely would respect someone just hating it and being yeah. like, I can't stand this movie. But <laughs> I just it, it's it's kind of a ridiculous movie, but it's yes. so oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I don't want to cast dispersions on him, but it's almost <laughs> like, is there any way, is there any way he hasn't done coke or something? Because the movie's just like so <laughs> out of control. Yeah. Um, but he hadn't actually hasn't made a ton of movies. I mean, I wasn't a yeah. big fan of The Great Gatsby. No. Um, Australia, I, I probably actually like that more than most people. <laughs> um, I saw that in theaters. I was what very about excited Romeo for Australia. Australia. Um, I haven't seen it in a while. That one obviously because you're sort of forced to watch it in high school always has that baggage with it. So right. I have a hard time sort of, you know, judging it on its own merits, but I think it is a really creative Shakespeare adaptation. And usually I'm not a fan of people taking massive liberties with changing the setting and the time period of Shakespeare. Having which... it guns. With... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think it actually does pull it off more than most people do. The, the bad thing about that one is it convinced a lot of lesser directors that they could do the same thing with Shakespeare and it'll be okay. But um, in most, so I do think it's set a pretty bad precedent of being a little too flexible with Shakespeare, but I've never seen strictly ballroom, but I hear it's fantastic. Um, yeah. That's like I'm, the I'm only movie intrigued. made like entirely in Australia, I think, like with Australian money um, is that first one, because ever since Romeo and Juliet, he's sort of been operating in, in Hollywood. I know this Elvis movie was shot in Australia, but it's, you know, very much an American movie um, or at least a Hollywood movie. Um, it's interesting that there was the uh, John Carpenter directed starring Kurt Russell TV miniseries, but not a lot of Elvis ever, besides no there's not been a theatrical film biopic of Elvis really has mm -hmm. it and you the, know it'll be curious to see if this like catches on because it's not like the kids are listening to Elvis these days but who knows <laughs> Austin yeah. Butler I think is a is a very promising young actor he was really good for the the small part he was in and once upon a time in Hollywood right. um 
but yeah, so that one's coming out June twenty fourth. It's the one where Brad Pitt says, "You are riding on a horse seat." <laughs> yeah, you got a name, dumb name like Rex. <laughs> yeah. Um. So another one I know that you very uh pointedly did not have any superhero movies on your list but two ones that i think could actually be pretty good are the batman directed by matt reeves coming out march 4th and then thor love and thunder directed by taika watiti is coming out july 8th thor is one of the the few marvel movies you have seen is that right no okay (laughs) did you ever see Ragnarok ragnarok either I've heard well. I've heard the first two are shit, but the third one's one of the best MCU films. Yeah, basically that's how it is. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> they like realize, oh wait, we should be funny. Yeah, the first one is very like Shakespearean. Uh, well, I've heard the second one's, one's like, like truly maybe the worst of all the MCU films. Well, the second one is directed by a guy best known for directing Game of Thrones episodes, so it's and one of those didn't get final cut. Yes, so that's one of those ones that uh is a real real mess um, <laughs> but you know the you didn't mention the comic book film i actually am the most excited for which one is that uh dr strange and the Multiverse oh because sam raimi is directing it right will hit and it will be his first film in nine years and i think it that's coming out in april april or may i think it keeps keeps being pushed back they've done massive reshoots which makes me wary mm-hmm. but it's a horror film and it's like I said, will be Raimi's first film in nine years. I'm not at all in any way interested in oh, a Doctor Strange sequel. I haven't even seen the original. I don't, <laughs> the original is no good. I'll have what well, it's one of the better reviewed ones, but um, really, I mean that like tells you 70, something. Seventy four. It's got a it's got a really good cast. Um, Tilda Swinton and yeah, uh, Shuatella Edja for Rachel um, McAdams. But <laughs> yeah, I just. Uh, I, I feel like I'm going to have to watch 15 movies before I see the new Doctor Strange because I'll have to watch the two Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. I'll have to watch. You have to watch this new movies. Spider-Man. I know. And to watch that, I'll have to watch the other Spider-Man movies. Yeah. I, I've only seen the three Tobey Maguire ones directed by Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. And I think the best comic book film of all time of what Spider-Man I've 2? seen. Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Um, but have, you haven't seen even seen the new spider-man have you no i'm like kind of consciously avoiding it because i'm just yeah. i think this whole multiverse thing they're doing is just like so stupid um yes we're adults yeah. <laughs> it's basically all you need to say but uh two other ones that have confirmed release dates that i'm interested in seeing uh don't worry darling uh olivia wilde's directorial follow-up to book smart this was shot last year it's starring florence florence Pugh and Harry Styles, and it's one of those ones that we really have no idea what it's actually going to be about, but it seems something about, like, Stepford Wife-esque 50s sort of stuff. Um, Original screenplay, or? I'm not sure, actually, but I, I did like Booksmart, so I, I'm interested in see what Olivia Wilde does from there. Um, let's just look it up right now to see if it is an original screenplay. I, yeah, I very much like Booksmart. Um is it am i crazy or is she dating harry styles yes okay so that's sort of the biggest thing that this has created the fact that she left her husband to date her co-star who is i think 20 years younger than her wild styles (laughs) yes So, so very, uh, uh, Chris Pine is also in that, Jimmy Chan is in it, so interested in that. And then coming out November 23rd, uh, Steven Spielberg's newest movie, The Fablemans, who yes. is starring, not starring, but someone appearing into someone you've already mentioned, Michelle Williams, I think is playing sort of mother. his mother. This is like an autobiographical yeah. coming this, of age movie. It's written by Tony Kushner, but it's the first film since AI that Spielberg is one of the credited screenwriters on. Wow. But it's got a it's really good cast. Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, Seth Rogen. I think there's some other people. Obviously we're very unfamiliar with the the child, child actors that are gonna be right. in it. But um this seems like you know pretty different than the usual spielberg which are like usually pretty high concept more often than not science fiction so it's interesting he's going from a musical which he's never done before to like a a family drama which is something he hadn't yeah. really touched on since like like uh, i think 
I think it will be like E.T., but without a Yeah, E.T. is basically what I was thinking of. Like, yeah. When I watched E.T. for the first time, I was like, oh, this is barely about the alien. This is like about kids dealing with, you know, being children of divorced parents. So I was like, I did not expect that. So, yes, E.T. without the alien very much seems to, to be what this is about. A lot of the, the buzz and the buildup is the fact that Seth Rogen is going to play his, like, sort of funny uncle. So... Um, do you know if it's going to be a period piece or if it's just going to be? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. You know, what's interesting. Random trivia. Um, both Spielberg and Scorsese have only had one film the century each that's that not set in the present. Pieces? That weren't set in the present. What was oh, really? the Scorsese one? That wasn't set in the present? Yeah. I guess the Irishman is, is set in the present at the very end. Um, well, no, but that ma- majority of the films are period piece. Yeah. The, oh, these are you, ones that are set in the present or are not? What is the only one that's set in the present is The Departed. The Departed, yeah. Yeah, and what's the only Spielberg one? Set in the present? It's Well. It's not Ready Player well, One. Well, I guess, well, I'm, I'm going to take my words back because one of, well, I don't know. <laughs> it's well, already it's falling apart. <laughs> well, The Terminal is the one I was going to say that's yeah. not a period no, yeah. but see, War of the Worlds, I don't, I guess that's supposed to be set in the present, but it's like a futuristic one that, I mean. I almost I mean, like forget like, which movies Spielberg has made in the last 20 years, honestly. But I think it's interesting that both of them have almost exclusively done period pieces. period pieces or Spielberg, some of them set in the future, like, you know, AI. And- well, despite it being a period piece, Wolf of Wall Street felt like extremely contemporary, Um especially for an, an I felt like director. it's I think it it was very connected to oh it's definitely connected you know. to the 80s yeah, <laughs> yeah no no but I, no I mean like I think it's um it's certainly the one of the ones that's set the most recent but yeah. it's I think but I think I'm, what I was saying is that it's commenting on when the film came out too, yes not just when it's yes set, definitely about creating um but yeah I'm excited for the new Spielberg film so just a few that we aren't sure are going to be released this year, but you maybe are. Some more. Yeah. Um, even though I was not huge fans of his last two, a Damien Chazelle has Babylon. Babylon, yeah. Starring Brad Pitt. Um, has, Margot Robbie. Yeah, and uh, Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tobey Maguire in his first film, besides Boss Baby, since uh, Pawn Sacrifice. How about that? Well, but uh, well, this this apparently Spider-Man, is going to be but... like the artist basically but <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, an actor transitioning I'll... from silent era to sound right uh eric roberts is in it uh flea spike jones interesting cast jeff garland olivia wilde gene smart um so a few more uh one of my favorite directors working today terence davies british director of films such as the long day closes the deep blue sea and sunset song he has a film called benediction is this the gore vidal movie no it's about some or is it vidal well it's interesting i think terence davies his all of his movies are period pieces but um it's a film that stars uh jack loden and uh, Peter Capaldi, who was in the thick of it and in the loop in his uh, recent Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, also uh, Paddington, that British actor, you know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival last September and got mm-hmm. good reviews. Uh, the Deep Blue Sea was one of my five favorite films that year. It was Siegfried anyway. Sassoon is who it's about. Yeah. He the father of Vidal Sassoon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, big fan <laughs> of that director, Benediction. So it's it's definitely done because it's been at a yeah, film festival. So should come out sometime. I've heard very good things about this. Yes. Um, let's see. There is uh, Andre Ar- Andre Arnold who directed Fish Tank, mm-hmm. and um, American Honey has a documentary called Cow that's just like a cow. <laughs> And like it sounds very much like that one that Joaquin Phoenix executive produced called Gunda that was just watching pigs and other barnyard animals with no humans on screen. It premiered at the Cannes Film Festival in July last year. So um, I'm a fan of Andre Arnold. Let's see. Uh, Walter Hill will have his first film in uh, close to, you know, six or seven years called Dead for a Dollar. It's a Western. Story. Great title. 
Willem Dafoe and Christoph Waltz. Wow. Yeah. Older guys um, being stars of a Western. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, my favorite film I still need to, of last year, I still need to see some, but of what I've seen, uh, The Souvenir Part Two is my favorite film of 2021. And Joanna Hogg already has another film that is in post-production. It's called The Eternal Daughter. It stars yet again, uh, like the two souvenirs. Hunter films. Swinton Byrne. Uh, Til- well, Tilda Swinton. Oh, okay. Uh, and the premise <laughs> on IMDb is, in this ghost story from acclaimed filmmaker Joanna Hogg, a middle-aged daughter and her elderly mother must confront long-buried secrets when they return to their former family home, a once grand manor that has become a nearly vacant hotel brimming with mystery. Mm. So that's, um, a, that's a really good synopsis. That's very intriguing. Right. Um, uh, well, some other ones uh, may not be released this year, but probably will. The Killer, directed by David Fincher. Starring oh, yes. Michael Fassbender. It's like about an assassin in Paris. And Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton, that. she's in everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then Knives Out 2, apparently, might come out this year, um, yes. which has, you know, every other actor in Hollywood that isn't in, in Babylon. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then one movie. The Gray okay. Man, Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans, espionage action movie, oh, yeah. directed by the guys who did Avengers Endgame. Oh, that just instantly went that lower. killed it for you one movie that i'm hoping is good even though i don't have like expectations besides the cast and the director um gareth evans who directed the raid films which are mm-hmm. two of the greatest action films of all time has a crime action film starring tom hardy and timothy oliphant and oh, wow. forrest whitaker called havoc that's a good um, title I, it, it might be not good, but I, you know, I love the Raid films and those are all good actors. So we shall see. Um, I'm also excited. Alex Garland, who wrote a number of Danny Boyle Ex Machina. films and has written and directed his own films, such as Ex Machina has Annihilation, a new, a new film just titled Men starring Jesse Buckley <laughs> and Roy Kinnear. That's, that title is, is too broad. <laughs> So my final one, uh, this is another one that's sort of like, when is this going to come out? Um, Deep Water, directed by Adrian Lyon, who hasn't made a movie in like 20 years, I think, best known for doing Fatal Attraction and Indecent Proposal, the sort of like, you know, dark sexual thrillers. Apparently this is very much up that sort of alley starring Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas um, based on a Patricia Highsmith novel. Okay, I just have a few more to list off. David O. Russell has a film that has not had a title given to it yet. And it has that's the best date. when you don't, <laughs> don't even have no, a title. It has a release date, though, November 4th. But okay, let me clear my throat. Listen to the cast list of this one Michael Shannon, Margot Robbie, Anya Taylor Joy, Zoe Saldana, Christian Bale, John David Washington, Robert De Niro, Timothy Oliphant, Rami Malik, Andrea Riceborough, Mike Myers, Matea Schoenarts, Chris Rock, Taylor Swift. Wow. Um, Matea Schoenarts is like everything. <laughs> okay. And I think like do... the Venn diagram of movies is you have like Anya Taylor Joy, Tilda Swinton, and Matea Schoenarts. And through the three of them, it's every movie coming out this year. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, let me just mention three more real quick Vortex, which premiered Ooh. at the Cannes Film Festival last July, written and directed by Gaspar Noe, starring uh... Italian horror director Dario Argento as first acting performance they say it's like michael hanukkah's amour and they say it's one of his most mature films he's done supposed to be really grueling it's older elderly couple you know deteriorating in health in their house and the majority of the film is done in split screen oh wow um the whale darren aronofsky film starring brendan Brendan fraser as a morbidly obese man also has one of my favorite actresses samantha morton and the last one I'll mention is Noah Baumbach's adaptation of Don DeLillo's White novel, Noise. White Noise, starring Adam Driver, Don Cheadle, uh, Jody Turner-Smith, Greta Gerwig, and Andre Benjamin. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm probably going to read that. I just, I just bought my first Don DeLillo novel this week, Libra. Uh, <laughs> so I've never read one, so maybe this will get me hooked on it. But yeah, 2022 looking very very promising i mean any year 
you've got a Scorsese movie coming out is is you know something to, to be thankful for. So um, and we should point out that a lot of these probably won't come out for six months. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe they will at a film festival, but uh, hopefully they'll at least premiere. A finished film will be screened somewhere before the end of 2022. That's at least our hope. <laughs> I mean, fingers crossed. I mean, especially for the Malik one. I mean, if that one actually does come out, like that vaults very, very high on the most anticipated of this year because, I mean, he like truly is like one of the greatest living filmmakers. But 2022, very promising. A lot to be excited for. Anything else yeah. to add, Jonathan? <laughs> No, I, a lot of my favorite filmmakers have films coming out and it's always cool. They're directors that haven't had a film in many years. Yeah. Sam Raimi and Jonathan Glazer. Dario Argento has the first film he's directed in a decade coming oh, out, premiering at Berlin uh, this month now, uh, you know, February. Yeah. Well, it's, so. it's this month and half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening. We will be back with you next time.